This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working class on Deercast. It's episode ninety-five. Woo, getting up there, boy. Of the working class on Deercast series. Um, Inching and close. This is the fullest working class on Deercast episode I think we've had in the history of this series. I By think. Far. I th- is it? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Well, Kurt Geyer is speaking. Eric Common. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. And in studio from a long way. Hello, Hot Chef Nation. This is Jeremy Critchfield. Hunt Chef himself. Thank God you for being here. Darn glad to be here. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. You bet you is. You're like a radio guy. You know, I've done some radio commercials in my career, and uh, not all of them went great, but everybody heard them. <laughs> that's good. Okay. That's all that matters, right? Okay. You know, that's what I was saying when I did it, and it, it was... Uh, um, still to this day, I have folks, once they hear my voice, they're like, Hey! You were that guy on a radio. You have a very radio-y voice. Yeah, and, and I have a radio face, too. That's what my grandma said. So we get told that a lot. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the thing that means radio, so <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Audio stronger. But you got this uh, handsome young gentleman sitting next to your Listen, this your guy. <laughs> all the way from uh, East PA. Western PA. Western PA. Yeah. Josh Deverspike. Thanks for being here, man. Buffalo Creek Outdoors, my main man. Well, so... First of all, we met you guys at the Harrisburg show two years ago. Yes, sir. Roughly. And then uh, you guys do the trade show circuit very heavily. And we love what you do. We've been fortunate enough to like have this strange relationship with you where you're like, hey, at the Illinois Deer Classic, why don't you boys come to the Airbnb? I'm going to cook you some coyote. And we're like, coyote? Okay. Sick. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, we went and we ate coyote with you. Yeah. And I talk about that night often because not many people have eaten coyote. And everyone always asks, 
uh, was it really good? And I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. Let me let me break this down. How I I'll explain how I break it down. Break it down, and then brother. we'll just get into it, chef, and get and see. We'll just get into it. So I said, listen, if I cooked it, it tastes like a boot. It'd be the worst thing you've ever eaten. <laughs> For like, sure. You wouldn't want me to cook you, Kyle. Yeah, dude, terrible. Do we all agree on that? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, You're not of, wrong. None of us are cooking Kyle. No. no. This guy's a legit chef, and when someone can make you coyote, I don't think there's any, and you love it. Like we were like, wow, yeah, like not like good for coyote. And let's be honest, he could probably cook a boot, and it tastes good. Have you ever cooked a boot? Once when I was little. Okay, <laughs> was it good? It was delicious. <laughs> so that was like our, you know, we had talked with you stuff. But that was like our yeah. first, like let's hang out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cook you guys a strange meal, and you basically were like. That's like the ultimate flex, right? Cooking something that very, no one else eats. Very off the rails for the common person and making it taste that good. Like that's like that's probably the biggest mic drop you could have ever done yeah. at the beginning of a relationship, right? Well, I guess when you put it that way, it probably is, but it was really <laughs> just to you know, I wanted to get you guys' attention and because I love the message, I love what you guys have done here on the podcast. And, and and obviously, I mean, the fan base you guys carry is uh, the people that I try and talk to on a regular basis as far as, you know, I've trademarked the line, eat what you kill. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I trapped when I was in grade school, when I was in junior high, and I didn't cook one possum that I caught. I, I, I can tell you that plain as day right now. But looking back, my granddad probably would have. If I'd have drug it and said, you know, Pap, would you put this possum in a pot and make his dinner? He probably would have. And, you know, carrying that through um, to not being like a a shock jock radio. What's that guy's name? Stern? Howard Howard Stern. Stern. That douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll let that one pass. Judges? Judges? What? You know, I I shouldn't say that. I mean, he's been very successful. Um, But... (laughs) At any rate, getting people outside their comfort zone and understanding where food comes from sometimes takes a little bit of, you know, up against the side of their head. Yeah. So whether it's coyote, groundhog, uh, uh, rattlesnake, beaver, raccoon, so be it. Yeah. I'm all about it. So how did, where did you get into cooking wild game? You know, like that being said, it's like professionally, how did it start? Like where'd your passion for it? Well, cooking in general. Take, Take us to the beginning. So it was far before the professional side, and you know I just mentioned my granddad. So he he and my grandma, and this is on my mom's side. Um, they grew up through the Great Depression in the 1930s America, and they were farmers in Butler County, Pennsylvania. Grew up, you know, on family farms, and you didn't waste anything. You know, I mean, we we washed tin cans, we we cleaned the labels off of them, we cut the bottles out, bottoms out, we smashed them flat, we put them in a container, and we recycled before. Like there was like this cool suburban recycling and a big truck and all that stuff. Yeah. But our, I tell everybody our Thanksgiving table looked like the pilgrims. I mean, we had grouse, we had rabbit, we had groundhog, we had squirrels and Thanksgiving is always before, you know, the first day of deer season in Pennsylvania, because in Pennsylvania, when I was growing up in the seventies, eighties, um, and I just dated myself, yeah. but that's okay. Careful. Uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> you're I don't good. care. You're good. I'm, gonna hold, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm at the mid-century mark, brother. Hey, you're and, killing And it. I'm just hitting my stride. Um, 
but that was before bow hunting was really a thing. There were like three bow hunters in our little town of Worthington, yeah, and that? they were considered like like CIA conspiracy theorists. Like they, they, <laughs> the those were the guys. They bow hunted deer, and they thought Area Fifty One was where like every alien under the galaxy lived. Well, it is. It is. So, but anyway, 100%. but we cooked everything. <laughs> like my kind of and my granddad was a butcher. You know, as a farmer, um, they grew beef. They had chickens, turkeys. I mean, the whole deal. So when I would come home from Sunday school, I would change out of my good clothes. I would go down, crawl in the chicken pen, the, the, the duck pen, the goose pen, drag something out by its feet or its neck, bring it up to the stump. Here's the hatchet, cut its head off, let it run around. My pap would come out with a five-gallon bucket of boiling water from the basement. We would pluck it and gut it, and it was dinner four hours later. That's, That's awesome. how I grew up. Yeah. And then I went on to a professional culinary career that took me all over the country. I mean, legit five-star hotels, legit five-star restaurants, and legit five-star resorts. And, um, you know, I couple all that, and, and I see everything that man did when I was a kid from brining squirrels and cold ice water in the fridge for two days before he ever thought about cooking them um, to, uh, you know— having something heart beating and cutting its head off with your hand, mm -hmm. knowing where your food comes from, being able to take a life, appreciate it and, uh, eat it and make it taste good. Make it taste good. That's yeah. where I'm coming yeah, that's from. That's a big one. Right. So, okay. A lot to unpack. When did you guys meet? How long have you guys known each other? Hmm. Junior high. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's been that long. Hey, well, yeah. Josh is a couple years younger than me. Not a lot. Two years. Two years. But yeah, I mean, same home. So you guys have always been people. buddies since then. We we've known been each buddies. other. I mean, been buddies for for a long time. Um, and I don't I don't want to steal all, any thunder you got, Josh. But um, Josh has has been an outdoorsman from the word go. I mean, a houndsman, whether it's coons, uh, running coyotes with hounds. I mean, deer hunting, the whole deal. Yep. Yeah, just known each other a long time. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, because we were talking in here in the studio. This is the first time you guys have ever been here. And first yes. thing, you talk about some mountain lion. Like, do you hunt yeah. that with hounds? And you just <laughs> want to know about that. So I thought that was cool. So we got to get you hooked up with Trey. Yeah. Yep. You would love Trey. Love to go do that. Yeah, you got to do that for sure. You'll get out there. So, okay. So pursuing a culinary career, how does one, like, go about that? Like, what what was the steps there to, like, the hunt chef thing? Like, give me that timeline. So looking back... It was really um, straightforward. I mean, I was cooking in, in uh, a pizza shop and a local restaurant and a local Long John Silver's at the time. Jeez, this is man. like my sophomore year of high school. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I quit. I didn't want, I had a mullet. I didn't want to cut my hair. I was wrestling. I was playing football. Our, our football team just sucked. I mean, <laughs> no, the, 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 the guys were great. The coaches were you great. You had a great time, but, right? But, the skill was But we, we were terrible. And and I wanted to quit wrestling because I didn't want to cut my mullet. I can you can uh, get a feel of that with your mustache right now, right? Like I hear you. if you had to shave your <laughs> mustache right to now. be on this podcast, you wouldn't do it. No, I'm, out. I'm out. You're out. Well, Doug, so, without Doug with the mustache, he has no personality. So it's <laughs> it's a shame, really. <laughs> Might as well talk to that sign over there. Yeah. yeah. So a buddy of mine who was a senior at I worked with along John Silver's. He's like, I'm going to take this is maybe fast forward my junior high school. Mike Nolf, if you're out there, thank you so much. I never got to thank you. I'm sure he's listening. Um, <laughs> he went to the Air Force or Navy. Anyhow, um, he's like, I'm going to take a college skip day, and there's this new culinary school at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania 
uh, Academy of Culinary Arts in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I'm like, well, let's guy? go. I feel like there's going to be a 12-pack involved. Yeah. You know, we're going. So went there, and there was a, uh, one of the chef instructors named Randy Rupert. So if you're ever in the Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania area, and you see the Wizards Workshop, my man is an amazing um, chainsaw woodcarver these days. But Chef Randy Rupert, he was just, he was just cool. I mean, mm -hmm. and he was from our hometown. I mean, he had the mustache, like, what do you call it, 80s porno stash kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, right? thick and bushy. Hey, hey, and, hey we and know. Doug's That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he was like, yeah, come on, I'll show you everything I know. And meanwhile, he had written uh, 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 Randy's Butcher Block, you know, a little column in the, in the local paper. I was like, I'm in. So I, I worked and blew out my knees, so football was done. And then went to uh, the culinary school and another just amazing person in my career. And and that's really what it's been. At every turn in my career, culinary-wise, or even with Hunt Chef, there's always been somebody that has inspired me, given me a leg up, kicked me in the butt. Dude, you know, that says a lot that you're admitting that because a lot mm -hmm. of people don't like yeah. to oh, say those. This, what, what, and, and where I sit today, I just, I just work hard, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I recognize people that have inspired me, that, that have taken, you know, a chance on me or, or, or have even um, uh, uh, said, you'll never do it. You know, th those folks get just as much kudos. They're mad right for now. For me, yeah. but, but, but Chef Albert Wutch, um, he was, when I first started culinary school as an instructor, when I went back for my first year, my first summer, um, working an externship in Glacier National Park in Montana that he encouraged me to go to because he was also an amazing outdoorsman, still is. And But Chef Albert Wutch is, is a great, 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 great uh, wild game chef and, and professional chef. And he just really kind of turned me into, listen, you know, you can make venison look like these amazing French classical cuisine dishes and, mm -hmm. and, and, and rabbit and, and just just open blew my mind i'm like bro oh, i want to do it all yeah <laughs> and yeah. and uh so chef Woods really set me on fire early you know and randy uh rupert was you know really the linchpin that got me to go to culinary school mm -hmm. and once i graduated um since then i or i, I did a 22 year career at all privately owned um, high-end, owned by billionaires, high-end five-star uh, resort hotels all over the country. Well, I, I did a year and a half at Four Seasons in Palm Beach, um, Florida. That was the only corporate gig I ever did in the whole thing. But mm -hmm. I would work in the morning at the Breakers Hotel uh, on Palm Beach, on the ocean, and then jog down four and a half miles down the beach past Trump's Mar-a-Lago, to uh, Manalapan, Florida, where the Four Seasons was, and then I would cook dinner in a Five Diamond restaurant there, and um, and you know I would work eighteen hours a day, and I would do it seven days a week, and I loved it. Dang, it's awesome! That's Pat, cool. Passion yeah. about it. Yeah, that's passion. Yeah, it, it. I. I. When I. You know. You said Five Diamond. So. What is that? In 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 <laughs> lodging. I'm so white trash. I'm like, yeah, diamonds. you have to ask. You know, so in, stars, in, in lodging and in in dining, um, there have always been two um, rating scales. All right, and those rating agencies or bodies have changed over the years. 
But one side has been diamonds, and that's almost always been uh, AAA, like the car insurance or whatever, mm-hmm. safety. You have AAA, you call a tow truck, you get a flat tire. Same deal, because they, they deal with a lot of lodging and travel. And then the star side was forever uh, mobile. So mobile gas stations, that was a big deal. And then um, towards the end of my career, that flipped over to something else i can't remember mm-hmm. but as at those resort hotels you you vied for you worked towards so hard uh, from a service level from a quality level to those ratings because if you were five diamond you know where you're here and if you're five stars you were here um, much like in europe they have a uh, michelin star so michelin tires kind of the same yep. deal hmm. uh, michelin star rating one michelin star two and then their top line was three and, you know, I, I didn't have a beard. I didn't wear jeans. I wore clogs, um, uh, starched white apron, starched white coat, the hat. tall white hat, the, the hat. whole deal. You, get the hat. you know, I mean, have the hat. F- finishing <laughs> my career, I mean, I had 750 employees, $50 million in food and beverage sales, um, and just, you know, super high expectations to meet from everything from a beverage cart on a golf course to a breakfast buffet, to you know, a, a five star meal, a catered corporate event, um, PGA golf tournaments. Um, I mean, I've fed presidents, I've fed royalty. M- most famous person that our audience would know that you've cooked for. <laughs> um, that they would know. I mean, we're gonna know a lot of people like presidents uh, who said that. It's like um, George Bush. Who's your favorite one that you're like? Who, who's what's the most famous person you t- you talk about the most often? So, like, if you're gonna first, brag on someone, who is the it? first famous person I ever cooked for that nobody's gonna know was the Prince of Brunei. It was at the Four Seasons in Palm Beach, and um, I roasted a whole baby goat for him. And did a one-pound tin of beluga caviar with all the trimmings, and it, and carried and, and walked it up and served it in his suite. Um, the whole I goat, don't know. yeah, but a baby goat. Did I mean, he it tip was, well? It was like fifteen pounds. <laughs> I listen. I didn't get past the security guards. <laughs> I, could, I think I was making nine bucks an hour yeah. on hey, Palm Beach. Here's this goat. Here, here's your <laughs> goat. It's cooked perfectly. <laughs> that I mentioned, um, but you know, and and so much more in between. Uh, but PGA golf tournaments, uh, uh, I did a 60,000 person concert for the Black Eyed Peas one time. Um, six different PGA tour events, uh, doing everything for 300,000 people in a week's time. I mean, there was, there was a lot and I walked away from all that and, um, was the operating partner of a historic restaurant in Pennsylvania for 10 years, had my own butcher shop, catering company, barbecue company, and, um, but all that, you know, I founded Hunt Chef in 09. And you, you're giving me the mic, so I'm going to talk. I'm talk, sorry. dude. Keep going, dude. Hey, yeah, you're, you know how easy this is making? We're <laughs> yeah, making our life so much easier. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, nice. I don't <laughs> do anything. And, and <laughs> I, I don't want to get away from the wild aspect, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah, and from yeah. the harvest and, and getting the next generation in the outdoors and on the water. But just giving the folks a flavor from where I come from. I mean, I've. Oh yeah, I've no, I think it's great. I want you to you know? say how many people you think you surprised with by cooking them wild game. It was so weird hearing you on my headset and realizing you're on my right side. So <laughs> <laughs> how many people do you think you surprised with like wild game and like changed their mind on things? I mean tens of thousands. Tens awesome. of thousands. Did you always want to go back to the wild game thing? 
So it it kind of took me Good question. by surprise a little bit. And I'm so glad you asked that question because because it feel like I, I feel like like you grew up doing that. You kind of yep. went off on a different yeah different. You went classy whatever. on us. You went classy. You went pinky out, and then you're kind of going back to your roots. Well, now. you know the the pinky outside. It was well to us, I guess. Well, but pinky on the, on the resort side. So and let me. You know, I, I grew up cooking in family restaurants, pizza shops, Long John Silver's, um, at home, and at those resort hotels. You know, everything from room service to the casual dining to 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 fancy uh, uh, internationally themed buffets for corporate meetings, and then you know, legit five star restaurants, steakhouses, Italian restaurants, uh, Asian restaurants, so much. Um, what I did was through that and and as i said you know earlier i mean I, I sit here as someone that has been blessed from a culinary standpoint because i have cooked alongside of people from a hundred different countries i mean mexican grandma's teaching me in phoenix how to make tortillas with the masa and and, and put them on right on the on the griddle um everywhere across the caribbean everywhere across southeast asia some of my my early on culinary career best friends were Austrian, German, uh, British, French, and Moroccan. And those, I mean, those all kind of hang with you all these years later. And it just builds those layers of experience. And and, and it's stuff that I draw from cooking deer or, or a darn coyote mm-hmm. that it takes me two days later to be like, oh, that was that kid Christoph from... Uh, uh, from Austria. His dad was a truck driver who really admired American big rigs, but he showed me this way his grandma boiled those noodles. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it was 30 years ago. Right. Uh All right, I'm old. But, (laughs) and and that's how, you know, it it flows for me now. But, you know, going back to growing up in my grandparents' home, you know, my grandma was a prolific baker. She, She out, they sold their farm and she joined, or they both, my grandparents remembers what was called the Grange, mm-hmm. and it was a farmers organization. I don't know if that existed here in the Midwest, but in That'd Southwest be an awesome VA, question right there. I don't know the Grange. So the Grange was a big deal back home. I mean, if you were a farmer, I mean, whether you raised grain, dairy, beef, I mean, you remember the Grange. And so she, um, my grandma, uh, Norma Jean, Jane, Jean. I never, I get that messed up because like. Uh, what was the the famous blonde with John Kennedy? Uh, I don't know. That was a uh, judges. Jean? No, a goddamn the actress. Um, yeah. Anyhow, her she was. It'll come to me. Blonde. blonde. Grandma's gonna beat my ass. <laughs> Anyhow, but so she won um, this national baking competition like two years straight for a German chocolate cake. And in 1963, after they sold the farm, built a new house, she outfitted the whole place with brand new appliances from winning all these baking competitions. <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, me and my granddad would bring 100-plus squirrels into the house, you know, every year. Um, uh, rabbits, uh, you couldn't even count. Pheasants, uh, almost all due to Pennsylvania Game Commission stalking. Um, and, and the deer, you know, mm-hmm. and plus the tur- the the chickens, the turkeys, the geese, the ducks that we kept in the backyard. So growing up, knowing where food came from just gave me such a leg up and, and such an insight to my whole culinary career. Mm-hmm. 
um, it, it was it was great. So and then the wild game piece really happened um, l- towards the end of my fancy pinky out yeah yeah food career when people your five diamond career yes sir yes. <laughs> I prefer to call it five star five star um, my apologies but, <laughs> but I've when, read stars are above diamonds diamonds just sound like they should be above stars one hundred percent you rather have a diamond than a star. Uh, yeah, but you ever had five gold stars on your homework when you were in like fifth grade? No. I'm gonna open this beer. <laughs> I never good. happened. Wow. Well, I did, Eric, and just you were a little. It felt pretty good. Grade. It's yeah, okay. It felt pretty good. <laughs> they didn't have welding in fifth grade. All right. <laughs> he just got the smiley face. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, they had the thumbs up stamp. <laughs> I was proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thumbs Sorry. up. Sorry about that. No, no. I, I, I <laughs> love something it. we do here on I, the show. I needed to get a drink of beer anyhow. There. There sign tangents. Sign tangents. What we do. But to have, you know, people start to understand that I love the outdoors, hunting, fishing, you know, and, and preparing all of it towards the end of that fancy career. And they were like, hey, chef, um, you know, my kid caught two trout. You got a good recipe. Hey, you have a, a, a jerky recipe. Hey. Um, Bob caught, shot two squirrels. What am I going to do with them? And it just kept going like that. And I'm like, I start thinking back, you know, to my youth. I'm like, well, I can do everything my granddad did. And and there were a number of years in there where I really didn't get to hunt or fish much. I mean, I worked. It was 100, 115, 120 hours a week. Legit. I mean, no no joke. Um, you know, there were, there were famous chefs that used to keep eight balls of coke and they're walking cooler for their for their sous chefs and their line cooks because they going? work 18 hours a day oh yeah whoa and, and and that is very verifiable um i was never one of those folks hey listen um, you say whatever you want cocaine. for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know I, I will take whatever uh litmus test needed to, to verify that but that's the kind you're like of, dana white you're like test me every month you know you're like, <laughs> oh i don't know i've watched a couple of dana videos lately i don't know anyhow god bless him go like hell brother um but you know that that's the kind of mentality you had it 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 can only be great it can only be perfect and if it's not you got to do it again you got to stay longer you got to work harder show up earlier tomorrow and so that was why i lost 20 years in the outdoors i really mm. did and and it haunts me to this day but that work ethic stays with me and that's what you know trying to build you know this brand this company this awareness and i just want to make a living you know i'm but not do, out you, to, do you regret missing all that what don't you regret? You know, that's what I mean. I mean Eric's I, full of the good one. Let me have you know, five. You're, do, do you, yeah, I mean, you, you regret you yeah. regret everything, but like, do you? I, you had a great time. I, you know, I I think that did a lot of coke. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. Hey, just don't do it in our bathroom. We have a sign. Yeah, I, I saw that sign, and, and, and it's actually what prompted that part of that story. <laughs> um, but no, I I, uh, I I don't I don't regret a minute of it. You know, are, are there days when, you know, I wish that or think back and say, you know, if I'd only worked 60 hours a week and build a real estate portfolio on the side, um, would my life be different now? Yeah, I um, do that every day. Dude, you, know, you know what? You can't really do that, though, in life. It's like you are a product of like your hard. experiences, you know? Whatever I do, I go hard. See, yeah. that's cool. It's just the same way, like. It, you just you wouldn't be as interesting if you didn't run hounds and have the interest you right. have when we come in here and talk about something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like 
I that's why like I don't regret tattoos. I don't regret like making hard decisions. Like you might be like, ah, probably should have done it different, but you can't fully really like regret it because it kind of your life experiences make you you're the product of your own decisions, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you make bad decisions. And you're like, ah, I wish I would have done that, but I learned some stuff. I don't know. The kid at the uh, at the convenience store at the truck stop um, down the road about he might regret some here. things. <laughs> I, I feel like um, if you stop in there and you look at at, at his uh, at his knuckles, he he regrets that. Okay, let me thing. rephrase what I just said. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a hard worker and you know where to find success and what you do through hard yeah. work, yeah. then you can't regret poor decisions because you, you learned and rolled off them. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, okay. Rewind. Don't do meth. Don't <laughs> like we all know the things you can yeah. do where you're like, man, <laughs> bad decision. Still paying for that one, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. Okay. You can do things that you'll regret. Yeah. <laughs> and you always will. Okay. It was a little generic. <laughs> it was a little generic. I think people got your point. Okay, yeah, thank you, Dan. Hey, thank we you. understood what you're saying. Back they're, to they're it. Just I was just a little too far. To balance a little bit yeah, there. That's right. all. We got you. Right. Okay. Thank you. Hunt chef. <laughs> That's right. And so through through that, so in 2009, I I can't remember. I feel like there was a little bit of bourbon bourbon involved. Um, mm. Bourbon. Bourbon. And I came up with, I'm going to call this Hunt Chef, and I'm going to make a website, and I'm going to have all these recipes on there for wild game. Duck and goose and deer and squirrels and fish and groundhogs and everything. And so I, I spent the money, I got a lawyer, and created this LLC. Well, it was another, gosh, seven years later that I was finally able to give the brand some love. And, you know, I I came up with, again, there may have been a little bourbon involved, the term Always. eat what you kill. And it, for me, you know, I'm no giant entrepreneur. I mean, I'm not a millionaire. and But I've worked for millionaires and billionaires, and I've watched them closely. And, you know, from the hunting and fishing side of things where – we have a lot of eyeballs on us, mm-hmm. you know, after that harvest, you know, it's like, oh, here's you with your big mountain line, right? Yeah. Here's this guy with the buck. Here, here's uh, uh, ducks and geese with the, with the bands, you know? Yep. Kids with squirrels. What happens after that is really where I come in, you know, to help you make it taste great and bring that harvest full circle. And it was really, I, I talked with myself a lot how, how do I how do I explain this? How do I? That's do, too much bourbon. Well, <laughs> the I right don't know if there's any such thing. Um, you might want to talk to get some get somebody in Kentucky on the phone about that one. But um, <laughs> you know, it's for me the eat what you kill piece applies to whatever you do in life, whether it's business, a passion, or it's everything that we do in the outdoors, whether it's hunting or fishing, and it's birds, it's upland, it's small game, it's chasing coyotes, it's big deer, whether it's a bow or a gun or anything in between, but making the most of that harvest. And, you know, myself having three young kids, helping bridge that gap. Once you pull that trigger, that release, set that hook, you know, get scoop them in that net, what happens after that? I mean, those are the high fives. Those are the memories you never forget. 
but then once you get back to the house, back to the garage, back to that kitchen and bring it around and then, you know, you step back as a parent, as a citizen, you know, as a human and you look at, you know, the ingredients on so much of our food product. There's just so much good stuff with being in the outdoors, whether you're foraging, you're fishing, you're hunting. Um, and that's where I just want to bring people to the table to have a conversation mm-hmm. and share what I've learned and and support others that are trying yeah. to do, you know, much the same thing. So so um, when someone's like they're listening to this and they kind of now they have the flavor of like who you guys are, the background of like how you know how to cook your experience, like this whole buildup from your roots to the culinary career. If someone were to be like, hey, man. They come up to you at the show this weekend that we're going to yep. do here at Illinois Deer and Beer, and they go, "What's Hunt Chef?" and they and and they just generically ask you that. How would you guys respond? Like because that has to happen. Like they see well, we get that your truck, your shirt, yeah. your hat. What's Hunt Chef? It, and for us, it's like what's what's a podcast? It's like, well, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, then you kind of get into it, you know, like so someone's just like, "What's Hunt Chef?" So it's. I like to think of it as a resource for folks that want to cook game, period. Mm-hmm. Game, game fish. And that resource being um, sharing tips, sharing recipes, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the seasonings. I mean, that's our, our Yeah, we got to get into the seasonings here in a minute. But that, and the cooking aspect of wild game. But, but that's it, you know. I want to get people excited about cooking game. And so as far as, you know, what is Hunt Chef, it's – it's a resource for cooking game mm-hmm. and, and and having fun and doing as much as you can with it. It's also a great line of products Ooh, that we you. have used um, since we met you guys. Um, you guys, when we first met you guys, you guys actually gave us a bunch of like sampler packs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, dude, we've been burning through it. And I regret not buying more off you because I ran out. I meant to buy some off you. You can text me anytime. I know, but <laughs> I want to like get it from you. you we got to support yeah. you. Yeah. Well, hey. You know, support so, is support. That being said, though, you think this stuff's leaving the table? It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you are fully prepared for that outcome. Party foul, like I burned through that stuff in yeah. a mad yeah. way. We use a lot of that, and mm. it is so good. So let talk, let's talk about some of the seasons, and I want to get into like the actual cooking of wild sure. game. That that something that like we could do. Do you know what I'm saying? Normal. I do. Midwestern. Idiots. No, do it. dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got a crock pot, you got an electric skillet, you got a cast iron pan. I mean, you got a smoker, you got a grill on your uh on the patio, whether it's charcoal or propane. I mean, you you, you got this. Okay, well, really I want to get is. into that. You in can minute. do it all. So, but I do want to talk about your seasoning. Let's get into seasoning and what you offer because we we actually we have been using it like unsolicited. It's stuff that we've bought. It's stuff you guys have given us. Yep. It's stuff we've had when you cook for us. Let's talk about like if someone's getting into Hunt Chef or into cooking wild game or want to expand and try different stuff like Hunt Chef seasonings. What would be? G- give us a breakdown. Let's just do that. So at first I had um, three. I had uh, ten ring here. I had where's Big Sexy somewhere around here. <laughs> there it sexy. is, Big Sexy Beast Rub, and I had Low Done and Dirty. And so those were three that had really been, you know, at the core of what I'd done for the, you know, the 10 years I had my restaurant in Pennsylvania that were very relatable 
Um, they are sweet. They were spicy. Um, they were plenty savory. And it could go across a lot of different meats, whether you're going to smoke, you're going to grill, you're going to shake it and put it in a crock pot. And the feedback was so great. So I went back to my my black book of, of rubs and, and uh, seasons. Is this like the green notebook on Waterboy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Why are we doing the movie references tonight? Dude. We're killing <laughs> Damn, it, dude. Damn, dog. Me and Eric on another level. I'm impressed with you, dude. Get with us, that's Doug like, and Austin. Hey, I'm just watching from the sidelines. Yeah, it's like. That's like your sixth <laughs> movie reference tonight. Dude, you're killing the questions tonight Damn, as well. Damn, yeah. shit. Oh, Look at you, Eric. Right. Hey. Damn. Hey. Good job, guys. Hey, you're looking good, Eric. <laughs> you're looking good, too. Thanks, man. Shit. Doug? We're just here for the looks, Doug. You haven't said yeah. much, guys. So uh, let's step around and press the chef. I'm trying. So you know the rest of the line <laughs> came along because the the response to those initial three was so good that I was like, okay. So people want fish, people want birds, people want smoke, people want grill, people want crockpot, and you know through my whole career, all that stuff I just been uh, yapping about. I mean, blending rubs, seasoning blends, etc., was a huge part of what I did um, because I wanted original flavor. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And some I stepped down, some I stepped up, you know, with heat and intensity and whatnot because I wanted, I'm like, okay, when I put a Hunt Chef seasoning product out there, I want the whole family to be able to eat it. I mean, a couple would maybe be too spicy for a few. Yeah. But like kids know, and stuff, you know, yes, or dogs. And I wanted <laughs> them to be. You know, while they're were focused towards game and game fish, they got to be great on chicken. They got to be great on pork chops. They got to be great on broccoli, on steaks, on burgers, uh, mixed into meatloaf and what whatever else. So, I just kept tweaking the recipes I had, working with you know a commercial spice blender, and you know so I I came out with the whole entire delicious dozen um, after a while. Delicious and, dozen. You know, so if someone asks you, what's your flagship? Like, what's the one rub, spice, whatever you call it, that you can kind of put on everything? Ooh. What's your flagship all-purpose? You know, all purpose, you, yes. you, you, you bring this up at a time when I'm completely sold out of it. The Swiss no. Army knife of the season. Oh, shit. Well, that's a, it, good, it's a good reason, it, it's, then. It's Ten Ring. Ten Ring. Um, ten Ring does literally everything except uh, the sweet flavor. So every other flavor profile that you want to hit, Ten Ring's got it, um, except for Sweet. Um, behind that is probably Feather Duster. That is... Everyone smell. Take a whiff. You can put on a steak. You can put on French fries. You can hey, put on a pork chop. Dude, you can put that, on a back would, that would be like put on dog turd. a French fry type. <laughs> If you were Dude. interested in eating a dog turd, um, <laughs> you might want to get a little chocolate Hershey's. Dude, that'd be good on a baked potato. Dude, that'd be good on freaking. Okay, so then what's your favorite one, though? Terrible like, question. Ooh, it's that's like a picking good... my favorite kid, you know? Well, you got to pick one. Oh, dude, everybody's uh, got a favorite kid. They just uh, want to admit it. Yeah, so, yeah. Want to admit so it. the one seasoning here that I have blended um, the longest and has given me the probably. Not 30 years, but pushing 30 years is low, down, and dirty. And uh, is that a pig on there? An armadillo? That is a pig. An armadillo. Okay, that's a wild pig. <laughs> have you ever cooked an armadillo? It's a rat. I have not. Wow, um, you I got have, him. I have grabbed an armadillo by the tail and removed it from a premises before, but I have not cooked an armadillo. Mm. It's, it's on a list. Okay, 100%. what's your favorite seasoning? That's pretty Mine? good. 
I can tell you why I can't even pronounce this one. Straight out of Pontchartrain, brother. I'm pretty partial to I like that one a lot. Canadian carnivore. That You like that one? I do. I, everything from steaks Up to burgers, vegetables. Uh, That's your go-to grab. Put it in Ooh. when you're boiling potatoes. Gee whiz. Throw that in there. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I gotta. I might have the dumbest question ever. Hit me. I thought of it earlier. <laughs> why do doing on it? Still I dumb. <laughs> it's still dumb. But I'm but why do, it anyway. Why do some of them have the split lids and some of them have the single lid? Um, Is there a reasoning for that? It's it's really just been supply availability. Okay. More I didn't than know anything. if there was like a no reasoning behind it. You Tell them to the, shut up. No. Was that a dumb question? <laughs> no, it was not. It, it, it's not. And pretty stupid. The ones because <laughs> I was I was completely married to you know just these um, these are these are three millimeter holes, big holes, and I loved them. Doug likes but those. people uh, customers hole. <laughs> were like, "Stop it! I, I, want, for I want a lid Sorry. where I can I can shake that I can dump it out. I want to do I want to put big sexy beast rub." In a bag full of sliced backstrap and marinate it. I want to take Smoky Bayou and dump it in a crab boil pot. I don't have to ooh, take ooh. the lid off and yeah, mess yeah. around and then shake it out. One. So, What's the um, so it's been demand, Canadian. it's been supply, and um, that's really about it. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. God. My favorite thing about them all is they're so versatile. Yeah, like on anything. I've so, been, how do you uh, keep up with the demand? That's a good question. Boys are killing it out here. Right now, it's killing us. I <laughs> That's mean, a good, the, though, because, dude, I no, will say, is good. before you good answer time. that, though, I feel like every Tom, Dick, and Harry nowadays is like has a seasoning, There's which a is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like everybody nowadays now. has a podcast. Yeah. Like, it just makes yeah. the guys who are invested in the game look better. Yeah. Like, every podcast that shows up for 20 episodes and then goes away, it makes us look better. Sure. The same thing with probably seasoning companies for you guys but maybe it's not maybe it's different but it's like everyone there's a lot of seasoning companies now but there's a few that shine above the rest yeah and you guys are definitely one of them thank you put that um, chili way up there you know like put really dude chili. i pay attention to three brands and uh i'm sorry if i'm forgetting someone it's just my honest review it's you guys bearded butchers and the old barn all-purpose seasoning they put out yeah and that's because they just like it's just been in our. It's what I use. That's, it's because it has a moose in a taco shell, dude. I use that. <laughs> Listen, I know use how much that. Bourbon had to drink to come up with that. Put that on a shirt, <laughs> dude. I use yeah, that gentlemen. bottle. You call Here, it bottles see that of seasoning. I got, I brought that home and that was gone. This within, one, dude, so fast, like it just was gone. We Let just slide the crap out of it. Listen, I have version 2.0, the taco takedown coming out soon. Four Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. You like that? You ain't said nothing yet. Okay. And that's and that's the other side of the chef oh, career in me is you know you you can't settle you never settle something can always be better for sure D just like you know your 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 deer set right you know 
Maybe I could be a little higher. No, this Maybe one. I could be a little more on the west side of the tree. Maybe I can get in there preseason and scrape all that stinking cherry or hickory bark off so my back or, 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 or your, your safety uh, line doesn't scrape when you turn. I mean, all those little things. It's You're fine-tuning your set, cooking. yeah. So, um, you know, maybe you can close another window in the blind. I mean, whatever the case might be. I apply that, you know, to, to this seasoning line. You know, and we also have three sausage kits, three jerky kits, three brine kits. But, you know, it's, it's how we make a living. But at the same time, I I just want people to be excited about cooking deer meat. Yeah, you know, for Cooking sure. a rabbit. Cooking fish, cooking squirrels. I mean, that's so. Let's talk about cooking. Zone and cook, cook a groundhog, would you? I will say this: your marketing's on point because, like, if I'm going to one of them stores that has four million spices on it, and I yeah. see a, a damn moose with a taco on it, yeah, you're buying. I'm buying it. Well, also too <laughs> is hunt. Like I am like, oh, you're great. You're if there's X company that. that makes this seasoning that's. Say it just for for example purposes is just as good as Taco Takedown. It's they're, they're, they could say they're on the same level of sure. quality. If one says hunt on it, and I know they're pro hunting, I'm buying it a thousand percent generic brand. Yeah, and I hope all of our community, all the deer cast community, <laughs> is doing the same. And it's my funny reference that nobody got when I made it, but shout out to Travis Kissel from Chase Nation because I said it's the for us, by us mentality. <laughs> and he he reached out. He's like, no one got your reference card. I got your back, my brother. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, shit, this is a bird drinking a beer. That's, Holy That's God. what you need. Like, support hunters wherever Dick's they're chicken. at. Like, Let me see it. That's why I'm always such an advocate for, like, DeerCast. Everyone complains about the meta, the Facebook, the this. It's yeah. not pro-Second Amendment. It's not pro-Hunter. Oh. But here, we, DeerCast is a place where we can all do that, and there's people who still don't have it. Right. Yep. And that's what irritates me. It's like, but you're on Facebook and Instagram complaining about anti-hunting and how TikTok won't let you post, you know, you probably cooking a backstrap on TikTok. I bet you can't yeah. even do that. Maybe you can. I hope you can. But wouldn't some be. Party foul on it. So you can put it on DeerCast. You can put it on DeerCast. With some party file welcome on it. There, put some you know? party file on it. It'll feel better in the morning. So uh, let's talk about cooking, man. <laughs> so because, what? of course, everybody's into cooking wild game. I yeah. hope they are if they're hunters. And I have like this set um, arena of skills or things I know how to cook and how to cook them. And I kind of just stay in that area. Stay, and I, and stay I'm in your lane. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But I'm always looking for new ideas. How to mix it up. You know, you have... How to take it at the next level. How to take it the next level. I might have 100 pounds of elk burger or 100 pounds of whitetail burger or all this backstrap, you know, whole backstrap I have. And I've been making taco meat and chilies and, and, and sloppy joes and just simple but delicious things. Mm-hmm. You need a sloppy joe mix. Where oh. where can we... I know. Yeah. That would be good. Dude, Listen, I love but where, where 50% taco takedown, 50% big sexy, best... Sloppy Joe, all right, all right, all right. See, okay, little, little splash so, of beer. So, where does a guy like me go? Because I'm, I'm in that arena. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same arena I'm in. There's some people that are probably dancing outside of it. But like, give me, give me a simple venison recipe, and then let's just kind of like, let's just, we'll have the conversation and get somewhere else. A simple venison recipe. Give me like backstraps. Like, how would you cook backstraps straight up? Or a burger recipe. Give me one of each. So backstrap straight up, and, I, and, and this is an anecdotal story. 
Um, before I even found it, Hunt Chef, Low Down and Dirty, I told you that was probably the one that, you know, was giving me the um, the best kudos for my career. So my brother, Mickey Bowser, Mick, if you're out there, love you. See you Sunday. Um, but I had just killed a doe uh, maybe a week prior, and it was aging in the garage. He calls me out of the blue, and again, we're in Southwest PA. He said, um, I got you a Steelers ticket. A um, bunch of guys are coming down, and we're going to grill and tailgate. Come on down, but can you bring something to cook? Okay. So I go out. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I can. Yeah. So I go out, and, and I'm working as as the executive chef and food and beverage director of a very nice resort at the time. But thank God I had the day off. So this deer is hanging in the garage. I go out. I already had half the back, one side of the back strap out. I cut the other out. Bring it in. Peel the silver skin and fat off. Slice it into half-inch thick medallions. Put it in a gallon Ziploc bag. Shake a bunch of my... At that time, before I even called it low down and, and dirty rub, um, into there, mixed it up, threw it in the cooler, grabbed a 12 pack, drove to Pittsburgh. And when I got there for the tailgate, there was uh, a charcoal grill going. And we pulled them out and cooked them hot and fast. And everybody lost their minds. So, and so the, the moral of that story for really any animal, be it wild or domestic, the middle of the animal, the upper middle, like the back strap, the inside tenderloins, um, you can sous vide. There's a lot of different ways to do it. You can roast the animal whole. But if you're going to cut it into medallions or even the whole loins, um, hot and fast and short is typically a really good rule of thumb. Um, like grilling a prime steak, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to cook it to well done. You want a hot grill. You want to get it on there. Both sides charred, get it off. Same way those back straps or tenderloins. Now, once you get to shoulders, hinds, necks, uh, uh, plates, ribs, etc., then you were starting to talk lower, slower, wetter, co- moister mm. cooking methods. I've never had it broken down like that. That simplistic before. Yeah, and and that's it's really that easy. Even like any, you ever cooked a rabbit? Mm-hmm. Killed a rabbit. Been a long rabbit. time. It's the first thing I ever so, killed while hunting was a rabbit. Perfect. So, but the, you know, and rabbits are long, right? So Mm -hmm. they got long loins on the top of their backs and they're going to be done cooking a lot faster than those front or back legs, right? So it's, it's just kind of super, you know, it's different with fish and it's different with birds, but you know, four-legged animals, you know, that middle section, upper middle section, loins, inside loins, hot, fast, quick, get them on or get them off. And then the legs going to take more time. Um, birds, breasts, you know, if, if you, even if you, you roast a chicken, a, a store-bought chicken, by the time that drumstick or thigh reaches 165 degrees, that breast a lot of times is 200 degrees north. It's getting dry. So it's that same sort, you know, the, the breast on a bird is oftentimes more like the loin, you know, on a deer and the legs just need more time. And mostly they need, um, low, slow and moist or, or wet cooking methods or crusted and deep fried, you know, in, in chicken leg, you know, situations. Yeah. And then when you get into fish, um, it, it's, it can go any number of ways, but once, whether you're cooking a fish whole or you're doing fillets, I mean, once you get to 145 degrees, you, you need to back it down you're done. Um, because if you overcook it. I mean, the fish is going to be just mealy and, and, mm-hmm. and dry. Do you want to keep, Running no, mouth I, no, did I, like, I answer I, anything there? No, you did, you did. So I think I think what I asked wasn't a question like that didn't have like direct answers. I think you answered it all in there. Yeah, it's a good basic uh, lesson there. Yeah. So 
I've learned the importance of a thermometer. Yeah. While cooking oh, recently. Yeah. That changed yep. the game for me in the last couple of years. Especially with like sure. cooking chicken, chicken breast and backstrap. Back, mm-hmm. I, I will be honest. This might make you cringe or it might make you happy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my wife and I just bought a cast iron skillet and we love it. Oh. And we've been kind of learning how to take care of it. And like we realized like what ta- it tastes better when you cook on it, in our opinion, or at least what I'm doing. But I normally, when I cook like steak or backstrap, like elk backstrap or whitetail mm-hmm. backstrap, I'm throwing butter in. I'm cooking it hot as shit. Yeah. And then I'm pulling it off, and I'm just hoping it's done enough that my wife will eat it. I'll eat it no matter what. <laughs> sure. But I'm just, and it, normally I'm pr- I'm getting good at guessing. Like, okay, I think it's good by feeling Practice the makes so, perfect. It, yeah, it does. And I just do butter, seasoning, meat, garlic. What seasoning are you using? Dude, you're seasoning. You know what's uh, up. Uh, Which uh, one, though? Uh, uh, um, Kamikaze. It depends. It depends what mood we're in. Um, straight out of Pontchartrain. Poncha, yep. Yeah. I, don't, I always mix up how to say it. My wife and I had a big debate one night in the kitchen about how to say it. And uh, it's got a, to me, it has a little kick. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that as often when I know the kids are going to be eating it. Yep. My daughter claims she loves spicy, but she's four, and I don't think she really knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so it, it, ju- it just depends. You know, but that's like what I've been using a lot recently. Um, that or just butter, salt, pepper. Yeah. On, on, know, on backstrap, on backstraps. Yeah, Burgers, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. You know, like, mix, mix it in before you cook it. And on those backstraps, roasts, even beef steaks, pork chops, there a lot of people are obsessed with seasoning it, marinating it, and, and that's A-OK. It really is. But a lot of times, what you wind up doing is you burn those seasonings on the outside of the meat during the cooking process, oh. and it completely changes the flavor of those. So if you have a fish fillet, a pork chop, a piece of backstrap, a pheasant breast, um, and you, you pat it dry with some paper towel, um, the drier it is, because during that cooking process, all that bubbling, that's moisture coming out of the meat. Mm-hmm. Right, that that is steam escaping um, due to that you know excessive heat, and there's nothing wrong with um, in a cast iron on a grill, uh, even over the fire, and once it's cooked to where you want it, let it sit, chill out a second, rest, let those juices relax through the meat, slice it nice and thin because the thinner you slice it, the always the more tender it's going to be, and then shake whatever you want on it, whether it's one of my seasonings, a sauce. Um, what have you, and again, nothing wrong with seasoning ahead of time, nothing wrong with marinating, but a lot of times, especially if it's hot and fast in cast iron, uh, uh, over a propane or charcoal grill or fire pit, you're going to, you're going to burn, you know, the outside. I mean, that's that searing process. It's just what happens Yeah, and it changes that flavor, but more and more people share with me and, and we see tens of thousands of people a year at at outdoor shows fairs festivals wherever we set up and so many people tell me i just want to taste the meat and then i want to make it taste uh uh better with with one of your seasonings so more and more people that i talk to are not marinating they're not pre-seasoning they're getting it good and dry so that and but rubbing the outside with Avocado oil, you know, something with a high high smoke point, uh, rendered bacon fat. Rendered, we should talk about rendered venison fat for a minute, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, or bear yes. fat. But uh, 
and then once it's rested, slice it nice and thin, and then they're seasoning it um, how they want it. And you know, and every couple of slices can you, 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 the whole thing doesn't have to taste like the low down and dirty. It, you can take all twelve, you know, across yeah, yeah. across the back strap. However you want it, you can double them up, triple them up. I've been messing so, up this whole time. I always season. Them oh before. no, yeah, there's, there's, me too. I always have. There, there, you if you love it, even if you're even if you're okay, you just fed yourself. I mean, you're good. And then just make that plan for next time. Yeah, keep good trying. Tip. Great I mean, time. I've, I've been cooking professionally for almost thirty-five years, and I still learn stuff. So. Yeah, hmm. I've got a question. So. For the average whitetail hunter that wants to get into aging meat, what are some tips on just some basics on aging for whitetail? Time, temperature, and airflow are your three main factors. So, you know, and again, I mentioned earlier I had a butcher shop, so I specialized in high-end dry-age beef. And and prior to that, had worked with it throughout my career. And venison, um, I don't know if I can plug the Hunt Chef YouTube channel, but on there... um, there's a one of our prior Sportsman Channel episodes from Mountaintop Outdoors where I've aged a, uh, a set of whitetail hind legs hanging on a bone for 62 days. Now, that's a commitment, you know, and again, time, temperature, airflow. So, um, and it really probably temperature at, at the forefront because you want to stay 50 degrees or colder. Um, on average, now there are people that are going to probably give me grief because they, they say that safety is only 41 degrees Fahrenheit and under. Listen, people have been, humans have been eating protein on this planet <laughs> for eons, and there has not always been refrigeration. <laughs> yeah, and, right. yeah. Yeah. There are still people eating protein on this planet. So, but it's, it, it the tough thing about venison is, a lot of folks only get one shot at it a year. So for them to get it perfect is it's it's got to be perfect to them. And their perfect isn't always my perfect as your perfect is is theirs. But as a rule, 50 degrees or colder. Okay. Um plenty of airflow and uh what I would call moderate humidity. So so 75% humidity or less. And plenty of airflow around that carcass, whether the skin's on or the skin's off. Okay. And I would say that every day after seven days of hanging um, to 28 days of hanging, most, in my experience, most folks are going to find it more enjoyable as an eating experience, more tender, more flavorful. Um, After 21, 28 days... Things are going to start to get a little more funky. Um, the texture is going to start to change. It's going to get more uh, firm because dry aging is really evaporation. It's moisture leaving the meat. It, deer, just like us, whoever you talk to, 75 or 90% water. I mean, that, that's, that, that's what this walking, living protein is. So as you diminish that level of protein... You know, it, it's starting to uh, break down, uh, decompose, but you're controlling that with um, keeping the temperature down, keeping the airflow going so that um, there, there aren't those little wet spots. When you're creating airflow, are you using like a fan or like what do you, how are you creating airflow? Well, it depends on what opportunity you have. You know, you could have like a little, one of those little fan things you kind of clip on your car vent yeah. or, or, or a box fan. If 
So if you have too it? much airflow, you're going to dehydrate right, at a much it more rapidly. And thank you for asking that. At a much more rapid rate. Just so it's not stagnant, yep. I guess. And, and for because some mm-hmm. fo- I've done it in a $25 used fridge where I ripped all the shelves out, cut broomsticks in, in half, put in there, and you know, slid the, the quarters in. Uh, um, to you know, to so they weren't touching, and there's enough airflow in there to make that happen. Um, I've done it in you know buildings, but I would say the ideal for me for aging deer is to leave the hide to, to gut it, get the inside tenderloins out, get the get the the flank stakes out, the belly flaps, um, anything inside that uh, carcass that is is small and tasty and tender get that out because you don't need to dry that uh, and then if you do it it's going to be you're going to wind up with cardboard but leave that hide <laughs> on because the 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 moisture will still go through the hide okay but you won't have the loss you won't have to trim all that off yep. at the end um i have friends uh uh, uh what's skinner's real name jeff uh Hullaba. Jeff Hullaba. Um, he, no, they're like nicknames. You have to like. Yeah. I just call them this. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he skins it and then wraps it in uh, cellophane or plastic wrap. Okay. Um, it works for him. Leaving the high dons easier. I, I didn't. I tried it. I didn't care for it. But, I, you know, who am I to say what's wrong? Yeah. yeah try everything once, right? Yeah. Everybody so has their own way. But, but time, temperature, and airflow so that um, when, you, when you try and dry something, when you have puddles of moisture, that's where bacteria can grow. Right. And when you can eliminate those, again, by leaving the hide on, um, making sure the inside, the cavity is wiped out and that those inside tenderloins and, and, and stuff are, are removed, then you're going to wind up with a pretty good product. Hmm. And I'm very passionate about that, if you can't tell. I want to try that. I want to <laughs> yeah, try 100%. that this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but I mean, Chinatown in San Francisco, I mean, you walk down and... You just birds, you know, skin on, feathers on, hanging. Yeah. You know, ducks, you know, drying, aging, uh, even 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 plucked, you know, uh, still skin on, and that's protecting that meat. But yeah. it, again, it's letting the moisture evaporate through the skin. Um, there, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do, and hmm. the tough part is for a lot of people having maybe get one or two deer a year, and and really, what do I do? You know, and and I don't want to screw it up, and and that's where um, you just got to kind of grip and rip it sometimes. Yeah, give it but, a yeah. hand. You know, email me huntchef at huntchef dot com, and I'll uh, I'll try and help you through it. So when it comes to like ground meat, because like, most people just go to ground. Yep. Like what? What's you have anything out of the ordinary that I'm not thinking of, or any like cool stuff you can do with that? And, and maybe there's not. I got a question about, about ground some meat. venison bacon. Every time I make it. venison burgers, they fall apart. Why is that? There's no fat in it. No fat. Yeah, it's dry. I put egg and crackers and you in mine. I don't it know if it's right or wrong. But, you know, the, the, so the venison burger's falling apart. And Josh, I mean, chime in when you want, but they're really lean meat like venison. There's no fat, you know, like in beef or, or pork. Right. Or, or, a lot of ground chicken is mostly thighs, you know, and boned out drumsticks. It's very rarely breast meat. So, Without that intramuscular fat to kind of hold them together, hmm. that's what they're going to do. And, and if you find really lean ground meat at a grocery store, ground beef at a grocery store, um, say 90-10, you cook it. I mean, it's going to be more crumbly. So um, what I would say there is 
don't cook it as long. Um, I, you know, as long as it was harvested well, cared for it well, that venison burger, I mean, don't cook it past 150 degrees and you'll be in good shape. Um, if you're cooking it, you know, chopped up into a sloppy Joe or chili or something. Right. This yingling, yingling's talking back to me. I was going to start sounding like I'm in, I'm in rut here in a minute. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. You want to get away from me now? Party foul. Party foul. <laughs> Take a shot of season. Um, <laughs> Calm you down. <laughs> but on the uh, on the ground meat side, you know, I have uh, uh, three sausage kits that are really pretty lights out. The mountaintop maple, the country breakfast, and the uh, hot Italian sausage. And a lot of folks, they'll cut them with beef. They'll cut them with chicken. They'll cut them with... So they just like grind venison or, with that seasoning into mm-hmm. it and then just package yep, it with or, that. Or even... They have their one-pound or five-pound packs of venison in the freezer. They have uh, ground pork go on sale, yep. you know, at the local grocery store. They'll buy it, freeze it, or, you know, mix them together that way even by hand. But, you know, if you want a, if you want a quality uh, ground venison uh, product, you, you almost always want to put a little bit something to it. Like a pork fat or a beef fat, pork yeah, fat, or, pork or even fat. you know ground chuck roast, um, just ground pork or or a mildly seasoned pork country sausage, mm-hmm. something like that. But I've got folks that use uh, ground chicken too, and it's hmm. really everybody's different. I mean, for the longest time growing up, I mean, from the time I started hunting, my dad always did just straight ground venison, and yep. we would always add like an egg to like when we did burgers, we'd add an egg and like some crackers, crackers to yeah. it to get to stick together. Yep. White bread pulled into chunks. <clears throat> I've never done that, but I mean, I what the heck, you know? I I mean, but I think I just got accustomed to just like how it tastes. Like then, especially I feel like if someone came over and just eat like straight deer steaks, like what you said here, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" You know, but. Now we do some of that. Like uh, we go to we t- our, our partners at Old Barn Taxidermy, which will be uh, you guys will meet them at the show. I'll, I'll nice. Make sure to bring you guys over to introduce you. Like um, Sam does a um, gourmet burger, and he adds a little bit of a fat to it, and mm-hmm. it's something I've ne- I at first I was like ah that's I I don't do that at my family. I say you you've know? always been the just pure venison. I know, and it made me feel weird a little bit adding like a beef fat or a pork. We've fat always to it. added a pork fat or a beef mm-hmm. fat. To it, us. it was all my, just how as my dad yeah, just never 100%. did it because I think my dad wanted that like purity of like yeah. this is all deer, you know, and whatever, whatever. Um, and I like it a lot. Like I really love Sam's gourmet burger. What he does so much easier to work with. It's a lot easier to work with, dude. And and. Yeah, right, right. From burgers to the kids eating it. Now that the, my kids are young enough, they wouldn't know a difference no matter what I'm. They're gonna eat what I feed them. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll starve. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. So that was a Doug. But it's, I don't know. Like I felt weird about it at first, like adding beef or pork fat to like the ground. I was like, Ugh. sure. But I shouldn't because it's just it's fine. I eat the hell out of it. It's all I eat. Like. Well, you know, and, and that's all after, I eat is what I kill. What up? Whoa, right. eat what you kill. Eat what you kill. So, after <laughs> after making a living out of feeding people for 34 plus years, I mean, you've been feeding people longer than I've been alive, sir. See? Well, I aged myself again. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm looking pretty good for almost 50. You're looking sharp, brother. Say. That beard's looking good. Mustache is good, dude. You would look good with just a mustache. <laughs> yeah. I, I did that for a long time. I mean, I was. You get tired uh, that, of the ladies that was attacking. Pretty much me for my entire culinary professional 
career. But you're, anyhow, you're the the in most recent I, guest history, you're the closest anyone's got to that mustache. You saying I should be a chef? Ooh. I've had this mustache in seventh grade. I've well, never shaved it. more time than me. I've never shaved it. Not one time. Really? Not since seventh grade. Wow. That was a long time ago. That's impressive. Doug hasn't shaved his since two You're years saying ago. I should be a chef now? No. Oh. No. no. I'm saying he can go like, <laughs> no. no. You know? Doug, can you even cook an stuff? egg? No. When's the last time you cooked for yourself? <laughs> Who knows? We, we talked about doing a little cooking. I know, here. but you let's live get, so far away. Doug, let's get real. When's the last <laughs> so time you cooked for yourself? For me. Cooked for myself. Like at your house. Like an actual meal. And what was it? Yeah. When, and when was the last time the burner on your oven <laughs> got turned on on your stove? Hmm. <laughs> I don't even remember. Dude, are you kidding? Has it ever been on? It's been on. I forgot what I cooked. How long ago was it? It wasn't mac. It, it was like a year and a half macaroni ago. Macaroni and cheese. That's you haven't what? turned the burner on on your... I haven't, no. <laughs> Dude, mine's on every night. <laughs> you yeah. have to attend I more love, I love cooking. Yeah, you gotta get... Doug just doesn't eat, though. Yeah, I just don't eat. Yeah, it's a good diet. Whatever. Drink bush light and don't eat. <laughs> Look good. Play video games. You can't have a mustache like that and not eat. Hey, hold on right. a second. Feeds itself, buddy. I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> like, that's, you're you're almost like a, a magnet stash there. It feeds <laughs> itself, buddy. <laughs> Push some seasoning on it. Do it. <laughs> um. Spicy. By the way, Doug has a girlfriend, and I he doesn't know how to that. cook. Yeah, she's here right now, guys. How are you supposed to cook her a, a nice meal? Because that's how awesome, man. I don't need to. You should. Wrong. She Get does. her in here. She does the cooking, right, Doug? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Traditional relationship. Didn't expect that one. Huh. Old school. <laughs> wow. How long will that last? <laughs> Next question. Doug's girlfriend. not my show. Can Doug's girlfriend please come to the door of the studio and just no further? Just come in and give us a glance if you're listening. Just need a quick glance. Get in here, I, I, please. Uh-oh. She's coming. Hurry. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, just dun, a glance. Dun. All right. How do you feel about Doug not cooking? Uh, it could go, you know. You feel like you need some hunt chef help? Yeah. So yeah. you would, would you you would prefer Doug to cook for you? Yeah. Okay, but he doesn't currently. Right now, he's not cooking for you. Correct. So has he ever cooked for you? <laughs> Dude, those, are awesome. those are awesome. Man. You're giving this fine young lady lunchables. We decided on that. I don't know why you're yelling at me for that. Hey, you can only go up from here, Doug. Listen, we're going to change him around for you because you deserve better. Thank you. Very he's a great man, but he just doesn't cook for you, and we're going to change that. <laughs> so every show okay. you're at when he's doing a seminar. By the way, we like Doug's girlfriend. Thank you. are a sweetheart. She seems very nice. I'd cook for you. He's he. Just saying. Just watch it. I'll take your girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Wild card. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Reverse. <laughs> that was uh, an exclusive tidbit that doesn't happen on really ever. Huh. Doug's girlfriend was here while recording an episode. We finally got to hear the mystery voice from outside the studio. You probably didn't even hear him. Oh, you can, I'll make sure it gets heard. The people need to know, Doug. So, did you meet her through like the dog page thing, or was that something separate? Um, hey, no, met her through trade shows. Well, yeah, but how? Mm. But how? But how? Kurt. Aww. Kurt winged man me. Did he? 
little matchmaker action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can Doug's girlfriend please come back to the floor? <laughs> 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 Didn't I? I was the wingman, right? You were. Thank you. I did, was. It was all you, Kurt. I was nervous you weren't going to give me credit for that one. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> hey, Kurt's about to steal your girl. Hey, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, I, I hot, I hot, t- hot take Doug up for you guys, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he was right about everything, right? Sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know spicy. what that part means, but getting spicy. What the? I just had to get it on record here? while we're here. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, you can remain seated. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> you go back to your seat now. <laughs> Sorry about that, Chef. We just had to take an intermission All there good. to get some credit. I'm, I'm so like That's uh, big for this episode right that now. That I was here for that. Yeah. Chef, can you can you I'm help, glad you're here. Can you help Doug? I don't think Doug's beyond help. I want to be a five star chef. No. But yeah. You can be anything you want to be, man. <laughs> No, but yeah, that was quick. You, you He's already got, got the mustache. <laughs> Where's my hat? <laughs> Give him a chef hat. You still got some? I might. All right. You got to want it. I'm going to come to PA. You got to want it. Yeah, I'm going to come to you PA. Got, you got to earn that hat, Doug. I'm going to come to PA and then no, the apprentice. I'm going to come back a professional chef. I was going to say the apprentice uh, could start this weekend, yep. but he's going to be gone. Oh, yeah, you won't even be at the show this weekend. Done, we done, do need uh, to get Doug like, like I'm cooking. Not cooking. You couldn't cook a backstrap. I could. Could you though? Mm-hmm. Have you, you? Do you own a grill? Uh, I did. I did smoke on uh, Fourth of July weekend. Steve did. No, like a cigarette. Nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, burn! I don't, I don't even get on that. So you went from <laughs> never cooking. You can't turn the burner on on your stove to all of a sudden you're like smoking meats. <laughs> I got a smoker for Christmas. I was like, you know. And Steve used it 90% of the time. Steve, I had to clean it because Steve's, you know, Steve. Well, let's oh. not get on. We're not talking about Steve right now. We're talking about <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway, you can turn him around. His girlfriend will love him for eternity if he, if he could cook. Really, that's just what I just picked up from there. I mean, Lunchables are good, but. There's a weak there's a weak point all the in meats. this relationship, and obviously it's cooking like she just said so. Well, I feel like she just needs to hold his feet to the fire, to the regimen of just watching the Hunt Chef YouTube channel. All the cooking videos are there. Get started. Yeah, but I want to come like, hang out with you. And hey, you know I, what? I, I, I want you to come hang out with We'll you. link your YouTube channel in the description of this episode. God bless you. So for any other... So in case Doug forgets, it's right there. That or <laughs> any other strapping young lad who's trying to get himself a nice pretty girlfriend <laughs> like what <laughs> Doug has... <laughs> Cook a good meal for winter hard over. Yeah, if you can't grow a great mustache, you better start cooking. No, good mustache is only cool for so long. If you can't drive cars fast and you can't cook, I can drive cars fast. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. <laughs> faster than you. Oh boy. All right, let's this, stop this. This is getting testy here. Guys, this podcast Find me a was track. a ton of fun. I'm. Stoked to have met you guys. It's been fun seeing you guys at the shows. Yep. I love eating everything you cook. It's amazing. Uh, from coyote to beaver so far. Yep. You, what, what's in store for next year for us? For next trade show Armadillo. Um, I was thinking crow. Oh, dude, crow. we got to eat someone's soul. That's what that is. You ever seen that episode of that 70s show where Fez oh, yeah. eats a crow? You know we, we need we, one we, time? We need one time you just like cook something like one of your best meals you've ever made. No, I want crow. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> Crow it is. 
Well, we might pair that with a little bit of a. Uh... Can you eat crow? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do people God, eat crow so. often? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any animal yeah. you? There's can't a season eat? for it. Well, I know that, but that was more of a nuisance thing. Like any, any animal, what? Any animal you cannot eat. Not to my knowledge. Interesting. So we're gonna have crow, crow breasts, crow wings. Yeah, uh, probably not wings, but crow breast and probably uh, crow confit legs. I think. Oh yeah, I'm in. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm we'll, in. We'll, we'll Can we wear all black and have like a ceremony and light candles Ooh. when we do it? <laughs> Can we wear eyeliner and play emo music? Listen, if you wear eyeliner, you're not having any. Um, <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> No, but we, you know, we can make, uh, we can make anything. Um, you guys got some bear meat. We can do some. Give me a chunk in advance. Crow we'll and bear, and what's another like witchcraft type creature? Prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Kettle. Eric just wants prime rib. Dude, my that's my kryptonite is prime. Oh, rib. dude, I eat prime rib. Get yeah. some mountain lion or some bobcat. Yeah. We'll, we'll do okay. that. We'll try and. Uh, I got raccoon. Friends. I want to. I want to eat raccoon. My black yeah, barbecue raccoon. raccoon will make you take back stuff you never stole. Let's do some raccoon. Possum. Let's do crow and raccoon. Okay. We'll call it the misfit meals. We'll do a like podcast it. while we well, eat. I like, I like that. It. Yeah. That'd be you fun. Guys are great. Thanks a million. You guys are great, man. It's been oh, a ton thank of you. Fun. Where can great. people find you guys? Huntchef.com. Anything on social, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's just Huntchef. One word, no space. Love it. And. uh Oftentimes, an outdoor show near you. Yeah, pretty much every consumer outdoor show you guys are at, uh, most of them throughout the Midwest and uh, out east in your neck of the woods, Pennsylvania. So yeah, and then um, it should be end of December this year. Uh, will be season four of our uh, TV show we're partnered in, Mountaintop Outdoors, on the Sportsman Channel. So it's awesome. usually the last Wednesday in December we start airing. Awesome, awesome, man. We appreciate you guys. It's been appreciate a ton of fun. It's been great. We'll have to do a two point and get into a little more. Eat where you kill people. Yeah. Good, guys? Good. All right. Thanks for coming. DeerCast. Biggest DeerCast episode we've had. Most people on one episode on DeerCast. It's been a ton of fun. Might have been the longest. Uh, It's close. It's real close. Real close on DeerCast. So try to keep them focused. Have a lot of fun. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. And eat it. Peace. And eat it. Eat what you kill. Later. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.